0: Hello, this is Earl Stevenson. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. Hopefully you're not singing the blues. It is a great day. Playoff hockey's back. I mean, well, it's about to be back. They got the host cities announced now, Edmonton, Toronto. It's looking like, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be excited for hockey in the middle of summer. But I tell you what, at this point, the Oilers being back in the playoffs, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit hopeful that it might happen here, but before we get to that, before we get to any of this, let's get to our sponsors of today's show. First off, welcome to Lindsay Olin and the team down at CanDo Auto and Lube. They've been a family-owned and operated business since 1984. Now, my math is not amazing, so if I torture this, uh, I'll probably hear about it. But don't hold it against me. 46 years—that's a lot, of, a lot of years of expertise. Uh, if you're looking for an oil change, no appointment necessary. They got the quick lube bay where you don't even need to get out of the vehicle. I was just in there last week. You just slide in, tap, and they get you back on the road. They got excellent staff. They're fully licensed for Alberta and SAS safety inspections. They aim to offer the best service experience possible and make it stress free. If you haven't checked them out, stop in a day and see what you've been missing. They're located at 6163rd Ave. if you want to give them a call. How about Lauren and the team over at Art and Soul? When it comes to people's treasured items and memorabilia I always make sure she's talking, this is Lauren talking, she's always make sure the process used for the framing is 100 percent reversible all these pieces have conservation glass which means that you're getting the highest quality glass so that 99 percent of UV rays will be blocked to help keep the items from fading over time. Now in line with Earl coming on this week, the the singer he is, she showed me a piece of uh, Tragically Hip uh, album covers. It was like it looks kick-ass the way she's got them lined up, just un-unreal. She's she's more than just jerseys, folks. I know there's a lot of hockey on here, but she does a ton more. And uh, this Tragically Hip uh, piece that she did was just one of them. She's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. 780-808-6313 or stop in 5016 39th Street. It's more than just a frame, it's a story. Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help your needs. I talk about Wade uh, Gartner an awful lot here as he houses the podcast. He's been a great landlord. Whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give him a call, 780-808-5025. How about Maz Entertainment? wants you to know if you're planning intimate ceremonies, a wedding, or maybe your parent looking for something to do in the backyard, he's got the movie and games uh, on the big screen. Check him out on his Facebook page or Instagram, Mezz Entertainment. There's a bunch of stuff going on there, super cool. Give Cody a call, 780-214-2920. Carly Clausen, Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table. Uh, you need to get on their Instagram and check out all their amazing work. He was just I was just talking to him last week, and he's like, you know, your table isn't even the nicest one we've done yet. I, I don't know if that's a slight on the table or if he's uh, trying to tell me that he wants me to do a new one. Hey, I'll take a new one, Carly. I'm sure a lot of people out there, if you get in there, you can see some of the work they're doing, and they gladly take one too. He wants to mention that they're in the deck, fence, window, and sliding door season. Uh, give them a call, 780-875-9663. Make sure to check out the SMP Billboard across from the UFA. If you're looking for a billboard, I highly recommend giving Deanna Wandler and Read and Write an opportunity. If you're interested in advertising on the show, visit SeanNewmanPodcast.com. In the top right corner, hit the contact button and send me your information with just a little blurb of what you're looking for. We got lots of different options, and I want to find something that can work for the both of us. Now on to your T Bar 1 Tale of the Tape. Born and raised in Lloydminster, Alberta, he made his claim to fame in 2008 while being a participant on the sixth season of Canadian Idol. He finished fourth during that contest. Since then, he's released one album titled Ghost. He's known for his unreal voice, and he currently is in Indonesia. I'm talking about Earl Stevenson. So buckle up. Here we go. Well, welcome to the Sean Newman podcast tonight, or this morning. Uh, we're on different sides of the world. I'm joined by Earl Stevenson. So first off, thanks for joining me.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. So where on earth are you right now? <laughs> um, well, I'm actually in Indonesia. I'm on a little island called Gili Trawanagan. Like, um, I came out here in uh, January and... Actually, sorry, mid-February, and was planning on just coming out for a month. You know, I landed in Vietnam in uh, Ho Chi Minh, and then met up with a couple friends that were already out here, and then uh, we were there, Vietnam, for a couple weeks, and then we went to Cambodia for a couple weeks, and then I got here on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, basically pretty much that was about the last boat here. Not really realizing this was going to be as big a deal as it is, <laughs> and and I kind of just like there was one plane, a couple planes leaving like right when I kind of got here, but I just sort of thought I'd wait, you know, maybe it'd calm down or something, and it just got nuttier and nuttier. So,
1: <laughs> so have you been able to work or do anything to kind of keep yourself busy or?
0: Ah, uh, well fortunately it's pretty cheap living out here so that's a good thing um and i'm i i'm playing here and there a couple places here but nothing too much just mostly you know when i get inspired try to write a song and that kind of thing you know sometimes making music and songwriting takes a lot of boredom too (laughs)
1: Well, and extreme circumstances. I'm sure you got lots of interesting things to write about uh sitting on that side of the planet.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's pretty pretty wild experience for me. Um, like I was here like we got here in about a week after Ramadan started, which is the Muslim holiday, so that's like a forty day holiday and like I live right by the mosque and like there's there's honestly chanting and It's mellowed out now because Ramadan's over, but during Ramadan, like, probably 10 times a day for an hour at a time, there's, like, chanting and music and singing, and you can hear it all over the entire island. (laughs) So it's pretty bizarre.
1: What do you think of that side of the world now that you've traveled uh, to different um, countries and bounced around? You know, you mentioned Vietnam, Cambodia... Uh, what sticks out to you, other than, I mean, Ramadan?
0: Um, well, it's it's very beautiful place and very beautiful people, and you know, like I would, yeah, like just and the sense of community here. Like, I guess I'm on a little island, so that's a little more natural than a big city. But you know, like the kids, they they just run run freely and. You know and there's no it's small enough community that everyone kind of trusts each other and knows each other and like like if you did something stupid here you'd have to pay for it because everyone on the island would know and everyone would you know like you want to keep your reputation good because you don't you know you want to <laughs> keep your family situation healthy and everything so it's a uh, so it's kind of works. It's, it it lo- governs itself a little bit in that regard, and yeah, every like everyone's really pleasant and nice, and which is in, like it's interesting because where I am right now is usually like very popular with tourism and like super busy, and right now it's pretty well a ghost town. So it's kind of de- like my experience of this island. I'm sure will be a lot different than most people's.
1: Yeah, what have you been doing every day
0: uh well i've been playing music and uh uh scuba diving here and there and <laughs> swimming and <laughs> being bored a little bit and
1: do you have any idea when you're, do you have any idea when you're getting back
0: um well like i'm going to go to the bigger island lombok in the next couple days and i'm going to um, moped down to the scooter down to the airport and just get a better idea of like you know because I don't want to book a ticket and then it be cancelled and be out the money and stuff like that so I'm gonna to go to the airport and show them you know be like what what's the probability of me getting on this plane and is it all gonna work out fine or is it last minute are they gonna decide that it's cancelled you know. I'd I'd like to talk to someone face to face just to get a better idea but I I was hoping to get back, you know, by the in a couple of weeks ideally.
1: <laughs> Have you been talking to your parents at all?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, you know, with uh the video technology and stuff, you can stay pretty connected in that regard.
1: Yeah, it's pretty um, you know, this is pretty um It's almost surreal uh, to sit here and have a conversation and know you're sitting somewhere else, stranded. Uh, Yeah. This is a new one for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, a new one for me too. Like, I guess coronavirus is a new one for everyone. Well, isn't that the (laughs) truth? Yeah. Kind of a bizarre thing, you know?
1: What made you decide uh, that part of the world this time, Earl? I know you've, from my understanding, is you've been all over – um, Canada, all over different parts of the world at different times. So what made you choose that part, Indonesia, this time?
0: Um, yeah, like like I've been, you know, North America. I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to Europe. Um, may, partly, this has been on my mind, this area of the world, for a while. And uh, since my three of my friends were down here, I figured it'd be a good time to go, and you know, I thought I was going to escape a little bit of the winter, but not the rest of the winter.
1: Yeah, well, I can think of probably worse places to be uh, held up in—that's for sure.
0: Yeah, most definitely.
1: Have you had any uh, any issues then, regardless of COVID, just not being able to get home? Has that been the biggest thing, or have you noticed anything on a local level?
0: Like it's, like I said, it's pretty isolated here, so they. There, no one's really wearing masks, you know it's just kind of is what it is um but like if you do leave like now and the the restrictions have loosened up a bit in the last three weeks or whatever, but um like for a while there it was if you left the island, then you'd have to come back and quarantine for two weeks or whatever, so it's been kind of a deal where you know it's not in your best interest to really leave, and you know it's and getting here on the airplane it was right when it was kind of everything was kind of beginning to happen you know and the airport was pretty hectic it was they you know they had me asking me a lot of questions not sure if they were going to let me in and blah 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 and to be honest I don't I didn't really I had quite a like wheezy kind of chat like It'll be interesting when I get back, you know, to see if at some point maybe I did have it. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's wondering that. But like I said, I had a respiratory – like, I hadn't really – I've never really had that big of a respiratory issue. and But it, it went away, obviously. But, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's pretty – you know. But they uh... were looking me up and down and thinking I was sweating pretty hard. So <laughs> – it's it's crazy to think
1: that uh once again the planet can be so big and so small that the same thing that's affecting this side of the world could be on some tiny island in the middle of the ocean
0: yeah i know it's bizarre it's and i don't know if this would have happened 10 years ago like i don't know what the what would have happened like if it would have the shutdown would have been on the global level like this or what they would have done. Like it's, it's the, the having the connection with like with uh with our social media and everything that kind of allowed, every, you know, everyone to get on the same page to some degree, you know, it's like be kind of hard to coordinate something like this without all that interconnectivity with yeah, it's, something it's, like it's that. It's almost you know?
1: unnerving to think about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Well, I mean, cause you go, you can go 10 years back. You're right. You go 10 years back and, um, chances are, you know, it's talked about a lot, but with everybody having news right to their fingertip every single minute of the day, it is extremely, extremely hard to escape.
0: Absolutely. If you're not careful, you know, you can kind of put a lot of fear inside of yourself by, you know, watching too much news and like, you got to stay informed, but at some point, it's kind of just like an overwhelming amount of, you know, and and it's funny now you go on Facebook or whatever and it's become a political, it's should have just stayed a, like a, a health crisis or whatever, but now it's politics are in the mix, you know, all of a sudden you don't want to wear a mask. You like Trump somehow, or, you know, or you like, and it's become this hugely political thing and you're just like, well, I thought this was a health crisis like I don't know how all this these, or like and then people with conspiracy theories too you know like you at some point you're just like I don't know what's up what's down I have no idea what to believe anymore you know
1: well I think a lot of people uh in the beginning I think for a lot of us we're like the unknown was fearful so you you paid attention yeah right? yeah you tried to get as much Absolutely. information then after like week, I don't know, and I, for everybody, it's a little different, but it, whether it was week three, yeah. week four, you hit a point and you're like, and I just don't care anymore. Like I, I'm doing <laughs> everything I possibly can here to not touch everything in the world and try and spread yeah. this thing. I don't need to hear about, like you say, if I don't wear a mask, I'm a Trump supporter. Or I'm, you know, the political thing right now is just like absolutely same on this side it's hard it, honestly you might as well just keep your phone off because uh the stuff being talked about on there at times is just leads you down a rabbit hole you don't want to go down
0: oh absolutely yeah and then with all those riots too like or like all the protesting which you know people have a million opinions about that like i'm not about to <laughs> speak my opinion about it because there'll be half the world will be telling you to shut up and the other half (laughs) of the world will be cheering you on. But to me, it's just, yeah, it's insane. It's wild. You know, I'm kind of glad I'm over here while all this is going down because it seems, you know, you look at the United States right now and you're like, is it the end of the world right now? Like what's going on, man? It's crazy.
1: And yet you wonder if, uh, you know, I always, Say the the crazy thing about social media is it can make it seem like the end of the world is here, because you take one picture and it blows up to a million views or whatever, and then you think the entire world is like that. When
0: yeah, exactly, one
1: spot. Don't get me wrong, the riots are happening, the COVID is happening. It is like the perfect storm of events going on right now, and parts of the world are not in good places. But here in little old Leidminster, yeah, things are same old, same old, same old. You know. (laughs) Like, yeah. uh, I was watching your um, your audition tape to – or your audition video they had on Canadian Idol. And I just – I damn near cried myself laughing, uh, like pissed myself laughing because you were talking about working for Bob's Backhoe. And I said, man, if that's yeah. the most Lloyd like, Minster thing in the world.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's funny stuff.
1: Well, and I mean, just Lloyd right now, no. Lloyd's. I mean, we got weird things going on with, uh, you know restaurants now back opening up but they're only allowed 50 percent and and things like that that are just it's just different that's all it is it's just yeah yeah a different uh different world now
0: yeah 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 you know i kind of hope that people don't wear masks for the rest of our lives <laughs> that seems kind of disturbing to me but
2: like you know,
0: obvious oh sorry do it oh sorry you know Whatever is necessary for the time being, but I hope people don't get some phobia and they're scared of each other for the rest of time.
1: <laughs> I, I I love history. I got a degree in history and I've read a little bit. I can't say I'm sitting here. I'm the world leading expert, but I've read a bunch on uh, the Spanish flu and um, I had on my history professor. That was probably two months ago now to talk about some of the, um, previous epidemics that have, or pandemics that have gone through the world. And at times they social distance at times they limited gatherings at times. They had signs saying, wear mask. or you are going to be thrown yeah. in jail? Like this is, yeah. Yeah. So it's not come before. I don't think yeah. I don't, it's just the, the social media interconnectedness. The fact we can do this is yeah. almost to the point of like, it hurts my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess the global scale of this is really the most fascinating thing about it.
1: Yeah, well, and just how quickly everything shut down, right? Like how quickly yeah, yeah. everybody was like, whoa, we got to, right? Like, boom, like snap yeah. a finger and boom. And if you weren't if you weren't shutting down, then you were pretty much ostracized for not shutting down.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty wild.
1: But, I mean, we can sit here and chat about this for the next two hours. What I, what I really wanted to have you <laughs> on was to talk a little bit about you, Earl, um, and uh, your journey with music, I know for, for Lloyd Minster, people around my age and older, maybe even a touch younger, all remember when you competed on Canadian Idol. Um, but I thought maybe we'd just start a little bit before that, because you know, gee, I don't remember you being a huge music star in high school by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. So maybe you could just no. uh, start us off back
0: then sure um so like I always I always sang growing up but not really publicly you know I always and I would sing for my sisters and they thought I was pretty good and this and that you know and um and uh and really enjoyed music and stuff like that and always you know and I liked performing a little bit like we would be on the ski bus growing up and that the older guys would give me quarters to do Urkel impressions and <laughs> and things like that, you can know. You, can we get an Urkel impression? <laughs> uh, if you want to do the Steve Urkel dance, all you got to do is hitch up your pants, bend your knees and stick out your pelvis. I'm telling you, baby, it's better than Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> How does that bring back moments? And I'd get, go, Laura, are you wearing a bra today? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty weird, I gotta say. <laughs> but, oh, um, God, that's good. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I started really getting into, like, folk musicians a lot, you know, kind of around the age of 19 and that. And then, um, it kind of, like, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks in a weird way. Like, I was, uh, I had, my friends were playing guitars a little bit. And uh, I sort of just started sort of noodling around a little bit. And I went on, uh, I went to Mexico and kind of, it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that I wanted to start doing it. And then it was funny. I, I picked up the, you know, and then started the songwriting aspect of it came pretty naturally to me. And the nice thing about creating folk songs is, you know, you can start with three chords, you know, and you can be busy for a couple of years on just, you know, learning five chords and then just change, you know, giving different, changing the combinations and the timing a little bit and you can keep yourself pretty busy for the first three, four years of your kind of journey. And then slowly but surely, you learn a few, you know, more things just to keep it kind of fresh and creative for yourself. Um, So, and then the songwriting part of it kind of came pretty naturally to me. And it was almost fun, almost easier in a way to make my own songs than it was to learn other ones. So, and it was bizarre. Like, I started doing it and got quite a passion for it and had a lot of energy toward it. and like it was no more than a year and a half after I started that I was on the show. So it just kind of happened out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) So like up until that point, you weren't, you weren't even playing the guitar.
0: No, no, I got, I actually got kicked out of band. (laughs) 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 No way. Mr. 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 Holman's was like, okay, man, you got to stop this. (laughs) Because I guess I just didn't care about like, For me, like, there's got to be some character and color behind what you're doing or else it's just kind of like, like, you might as well, you know, if you're not getting something out of it creatively, then there's not really a point. And then once I just seen the big picture of what it could be, it kind of changed my complete look on it.
1: So you, you mentioned it hit you like a ton of bricks. So do you remember like the time or place you were at when all of a sudden you just picked up a guitar and you're like, gee, why haven't I done this before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I was in, uh, I was in Yulepa in Mexico and I, it was my 21st birthday and I was, uh, and, um, I actually smoked a doobie for the first time. <laughs> and then I then it all kind of came to me in a wave. like wow this would be really fun to do and then I was just listening to Neil Young and I was on the beach and I just kind of just everything kind of came together that that day in a weird way that's a little romantic but it it, I would say that kind of was something that made me be like wow I this has got to be something I something you can do with this you know
1: It's funny, uh, I mentioned before we started that I was talking with Charles Clawson, and he he said he was working with you one summer and you were singing to the radio, and he looked over and he's like, holy crap, this guy can sing. I don't
0: think he has (laughs) any idea he can sing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was something I was like, I remember thinking in my head that that'd be about the most terrifying thing to do ever (laughs) would be to sing in front of people. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) So how did you get so, over that? Cause I mean, you end up when you're on Canadian Idol, you have the most flavor at anyone that goes on there and sings. Like you, you just, you're like, like, look at this guy go. He doesn't have a care in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you have no choice. And I often attribute it to how it was snowboarding too. Like, you know, if you're going to go up to the jump and try the trick, there becomes a point where you can't turn back and you're only going to hurt yourself if you don't fully commit. So it's like, and that's how it was for me with music. It's like it gets to a point that the pressure is so kind of built up that the only direction to go is fully committed. And, you know, so it's like almost a survival tactic at some point.
1: Geez, <laughs> When you bring up uh, going down the hill and and trying to hit, a jump. I only ever tried two. I only lasted two jumps. I never committed to either. And I damn near killed myself on both of
0: them. Yeah, I know. Like that's the thing. It's either it's a do or die situation and, and snowboarding. I always, there was a bit of that uncertainty in me. I think the music suited me more. Like I was more comfortable in that high pressure situation than I was in a lot of other things being in that situation, you know? And for me, it's, it's like doing a podcast like this or something's almost more nerve wracking in a way because I don't know the path, you know, <laughs> it, but with music, there's, there's this point to this point And all you got to do is stay focused in and, you know, it's kind of like, you know the path and you want to be aware enough and available enough to everyone that you can be spontaneous too you know and invite your surroundings in but it's kind of clear what you have to do you know it's almost like and like honestly after some performances like I'll get off stage and barely even remember what happened and it'll seem like I was only up there for like two minutes or whatever and and I've been up there for like 45 minutes or whatever. And it just, cause there's so much energy going on. Yeah. well, So it's a pretty fun
1: experience. I, I think when you talk about podcasting, that's what I enjoy about it is the unknown. I have, you know, sitting here across from you, I go, um, well, we talked about COVID for a bit and maybe that was a little bit, you know, I you could kind of see that that being on two different parts of the world, you can kind of see that, but, where it goes from here I mean I got a general idea but I don't like to plan it out too much because I the nervousness that you talk about I get exactly the same but I love that I come off come out yeah. of this conversation I'll have a high and I'll go conquer the world for the day
0: yeah no it's it's a good you know people should learn to you know do something that they're afraid of and it's always like you said there's a high afterwards there's a confidence booster about it there's something healthy about it It, like it can be you know nerve wracking too but like it's part of life and you got if you want to six if you want to make something of your your life whatever that may be you have to face your fears so you know it's always a good thing to do even though sometimes you'd rather just kind of hide away you know
1: well I think you fear the unknown and the things you haven't experienced. But the only way to really grow is to go experience those things because then you're like, Oh yeah, no, I've done that. Well, and, and you can just understand a, another chunk of the world or another chunk of performing or singing or whatever it is that you're, yeah. you're a little nervous to go do. Cause once you've done it, there's a little comfortability and comfort.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: And, and the comfort, of, Oh man, comfort is a tough one because yeah, we all want to sit inside and be nice and warm and, you don't accomplish anything doing that.
0: No. And eventually, it doesn't feel good either. Never taking risks and always choosing the comfortable path, you know, eventually kind of leaves you a little bit feeling, I don't know, like you could have, you should have challenged yourself a little more, you know? Yeah,
1: so, 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: What made you decide to go to Canadian Idol? Or you were just, you're like, I'm in the the mode now. I've figured out this. I've started playing a little bit. I've been playing for, like you say, a year and a half. And all of a sudden, the Canadian Idol tryouts come in Edmonton. Are you just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do this? Or did you
0: have to be convinced? (laughs) Um, Well, it was funny because I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that kind of deal. And then I was in the West Edmonton Mall, and I was there with my mom and my cousin. And they are like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, kind of thing. So then I went and sat there in the lineup and was just kind of like, well, whatever. Gonna. And then I just, it just kept going and going. <laughs> it was like, you know, I waited in the line. That was the first line. Then, like, there's about four auditions you have to do before you even go in front of the TV. You know, like that, what people think is the first audition is actually like the fourth or something audition.
1: So did you sing the same song? And then it just song? kept
0: going and going. It was insane.
1: Did you sing the same same song every audition then for the first four?
0: Uh, they asked me to sing like three different songs. So I sang, heard it through the grapevine and a Toots and the Maytails song. And maybe only those two. Yeah.
1: So you had songs picked out that you're like, listen, if I, yeah, I can do "Hurt Through the grapevine. I can, I can nail this one down. Like, did you have that in your head then? Because if obviously, if you we weren't planning, I would, I guess, in my brain, I would have been like, okay, you got to drive up to Edmonton. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to do this. But what you're saying is, is you literally walk by your parent, your mom and cousin, convince you.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe good, you know. Maybe sometimes I try to just block too much you know you want to be well prepared but beyond that you kind of have to like go on with your regular life and then you know once you once because you can get yourself really worked up if you think too much about it you know
1: 100 percent. so did they pick out those songs for you then earl or did you have them picked out
0: no i i picked them out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so
1: tell us a little bit about the experience of canadian idol because I watched all the clips uh, over the last couple of days, and I'm like, "Man, it's kind of a cheesy show." But
0: <laughs> yeah, it most talent, definitely is.
1: But the talent's real, right? When you get on and start singing, like you're like, "Man, got a voice!" Man, you yeah. got some personality, right? Like you had some flavor there. It was cool to watch. I, it bring it bring back memories because I remember watching. I I can safely say I don't know if I ever watched another Canadian. Well, that was the last season. I don't know if I watched yeah. the season prior to that. Maybe the first, maybe. But that season, I remember everybody yeah. watching, mainly because of you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, like there is something kind of cheesy about those shows. Um, and there's a part of me that likes them. You know, they're pretty heartwarming. You'll watch some of the new ones, and they're pretty heartwarming and a lot of talent and stuff like that. But they also breed kind of this, this sort of get in, get out type of mentality where you're famous for 15 minutes and then they're on to the next thing. And like, like I actually heard Keith Richards talking about it a little bit and it made a lot of sense to me how it's just kind of, it's like a 15 minutes of fame thing instead of an actual career. And that's, I would say, the only kind of qualm I have with that those shows is it's kind of, instead of it, you know, getting to know the person, like you get to know it, but it just like, just seems like it's a bit of a cycle through and you don't, they're not cultivating careers the same way as they used to back in the day. And and it can be kind of a, like, I'm kind of glad that I ended up where I was, what place and kind of that it's been 11, 12 years or whatever, because now, you know, my music and stuff is about what I'm doing now. And most people don't even know I was ever on that show. And I would prefer it that way because then it's just like, you can focus on what's happening in front of you. It's not always about this thing, you know? And, um, but that being said, you know, it was, it was a life changing experience, most definitely. And it was like really fun and you know, like just like insane roller coaster, like like I I had the runs for like two straight weeks <laughs> when I first got there because I was so worked up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: that's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, like but it was like I said, it was super, super fun. It was every day was like unbelievable you know couldn't still hard like as you're going through that experience you like really it's hard to comprehend even you're like is this like is this actually happening you know
1: like what's, what's you know what's one of the days when you look back girl that you go like i walked in and i was like who the like what am i doing here
0: well i would say after i made it into like the Well, when I made it from the first 200 to the 24, that was quite trippy. And then when I made it to the top 10, I was like, wow, this is like, this is for real. Like, this is pretty nuts. And then I remember just coming off stage a couple times and just being like, or like, I remember the one time they're like, Ben's talking up over there in the kind of the bleachers and stuff. And they're like, and back. And, you know, and they're like, they're giving me the ten, nine. And I see like the whole crowd and I'm just sitting there on a stool with my guitar and there's like lights and videos cameras swooming in from angles. And you're just like, and then, like I said, you're by the time you start, you're done. And you're like, like when they would talk to me on the, after the performances, like I literally don't remember any of that. Like I was just like, you know, you're just in this other world. It's insane
1: just on a on a emotional high
0: yeah just like just like a like a terror too like a fear of <laughs> but, but you know like and because it, it could be so easy just to completely freeze and forget everything yeah which i did early on in the like the top 24 or something like that like i completely forgot the song i was gonna do i thought i was off the show for sure like the fact that they let me go on was insane because I didn't even, like I didn't even perform that that time, I like froze and forgot the entire song.
1: <laughs> How was that defeating on you? Like when you froze, like were you going, oh man, that was tough, or did you bounce back real yeah. quick? Yeah.
0: Well, I I just simple I just thought I was gonna be off the show. That I just thought I was done, and then when they said I was going through, I was like, holy shit, and then I just kind of. Let it be what it was and just kind of continued on. So um, and it was cool, you know, got to go like, you know, it was fun, got to meet some interesting people. I'd say Tom Jones is my favorite guy to meet. You know, got to go to a couple parties at the MTV build or the Much Music building and Oh, much music. It was pretty cool. A throwback. <laughs> like one time, I'll tell you what one story that was pretty bizarre was I was out on the the, i was at this party and um i'm out on like the the patio like or it's like a high-rise building and i'm out on the what do they call like the patio or whatever like outside
1: like the balcony and
0: the balcony yeah yeah and i'm out there with because uh, i got pretty chummy with ben malrooney there and because you know he's kind of a he's a fun fun dude he's pretty easygoing and uh and I met, like, his family and stuff. And I was out on the balcony with his younger sister sharing a cigarette. And then by the end of the cigarette, the entire, his entire family was out there with me. And she's, like, trying to hide the cigarette and pass it to me by behind, her, behind her arms. And here I'm out on this balcony with the entire Mulrooney family, Brian included, and the wife, too. <laughs> So that was pretty trippy.
1: Did you ever feel like, man, like what am I doing here?
0: Like, the sad thing is, is I kind of expected it to keep going and going, you know?
1: I don't know if that's a sad thing.
0: No, but it was like, for me, it was like, okay, this is the first stepping stone. I'm going to be Drake by the time this is finished, you know? That's how my mind was thinking. So when it all kind of just, like, you know, after the – you realize that the show – what it is is a show you know what i mean like it's if you can do something with the show afterwards like to your own accord you know like if you have the wits to organize it and capitalize on it well that's great but no one's gonna help you after you know what i mean like the show is a show and that's it kind of thing so but in my mind i was like okay this is the first stepping stone Then i'm gonna be doing this and this and this and you know um but it is what it is. You know, that might have been a pretty hard life in a weird way, too, because look at everyone. I'm sure I would have been cancel cultured by now. <laughs> 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 sure, I've done something stupid in my life that people are like, oh, he did that 20 years ago. I'm not listening to him anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, mo- most deaf. Most deaf.
0: Yeah. So I don't necessarily regret that that didn't happen, but it With- is what it is. and. I still keep busy and I'm, you know, still play a lot of, like before I came out here, I was hosting an open mic in Calgary and playing, you know, three or four gigs a month, two on top of that. Like every week I hosted the open mic and then I'd have another gig every, at least every week. So 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 it was pretty good. So what are
1: you doing? So like after the show ends, what did you do? Where did you go?
0: Well, I went, uh... I went to Toronto after that. I like, I came back home for a bit and then moved back to Toronto and I was there for a year. I made uh an album there. Um, but it ended up, I wasn't particularly happy with the production of it. And, uh, how so? And it also, uh, just sounded a little, I don't know. I was looking for something a little more organic and, and they, I guess people don't know what you think you're capable of in your mind. They can only see what you've produced at that point. And like, I wanted to keep sing. Like, I was like, oh, I think we need to sing this song better, this and that, and you know, and this needs to be more cohesive and stuff. But it was under a time frame, and it also cost me like twenty cost cost like twenty thousand dollars too. So, if that like to, that really put a kind of a negative spin? in a way to me like not making it too eager from I I wasn't very eager to record another album when you know it didn't turn out the way I wanted and it costed a bunch of money
1: you were starting to see the business side of music then
0: yeah a little bit and kind of got you know the relationship with the guys who produced it didn't really end that well it was okay but like the one guy like he kind he like I had a this two thousand dollar nineteen fifty two Fender Telecaster uh like reissue It was built the same way as they did in the in the fifties there and uh, yeah he like stole that from me and stuff because he figured you know he figured that the twenty thousand dollars wasn't enough kind of thing and just like and the only reason he took it was because I like I left it at their the studio and and then he just then. I was, I went back home for a bit and I was going to come back and get it. Not thinking then he decided, oh, he's going to put it with his guitar collection. (laughs) So it's kind of like, well, you know, kind of left me with a, like, I don't know.
1: How can you, how can you possibly work with somebody like that afterwards? Like, I mean, you can't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't take one of his guitars of his own and maybe break it over said person. (laughs)
0: believe me i've thought about going to kitchener with a mask and sneaking in his back window
1: (laughs) well i mean that's
0: uh just to steal my guitar back that's all (laughs) not to beat him (laughs) up or anything
1: (laughs) oh that's that's uh that would leave a sour taste in anyone's mouth yeah and so what do you what do you do after toronto then you you record an album i assume you think this is going to be maybe a smashing success. Maybe you don't, I don't know. What, what was your thought process after the album's released and you've spent 20 grand? Uh, Was there. Well, Well, like,
0: like, and I could almost taste it being what I wanted it to be, you know, but it didn't, it just didn't pan out. Like there was aspects of it that I was like, that's what I'm looking for. But the whole thing as a whole, just, there's one song that I like on it really. Like I like the songs. I like the compositions and I like the lyrics and everything, but just the way they're produced. There's only one song that I was happy with the way it turned out on it. Um But yeah, so did that and then um you know, I didn't have a manager or anything like that. Like in retrospect, maybe I should have moved like and the reality is it's like if you're not in Nashville, LA, Toronto, possibly Vancouver or or really good at marketing yourself on social media and stuff like that then you know you don't really have that much of a chance really, you know what i mean? like to be for to get that kind of support that you need to make a career out of it. um but the one thing, the one scene I really do like and love, and get a lot of like, it's would be where I would perform and kind of exist if I could. Is like all the festivals, you know, like they'll like like the electronic festivals and also the folk festivals and stuff like that. Like I love the energy at those type of events. And, there, you know, and it's for people that are genuinely there to see live music and get excited about it. It's not just a kind of, you know, a lot of modern music's almost like a, it's like a, it's a lot about, you know, image. And it's a lot about how flashy your production is and how flashy your video. And it's like how much of it's about actually getting something that really connects with you musically. It's kind of. You know, it's kind of a big rat race of kind of egos in a way instead of quality music. So I like the, like, which I've been a part of is these festivals and stuff like that. That's where I, you know, like I've been playing the bars and stuff like that throughout the year. And then in the summer, I usually have about four different festivals that I'm playing that that's where, you know, that's the part I really, really like as far as performing in that.
1: You you speak of a time of music probably going back forty to fifty years ago, maybe longer. Yeah, what you're talking about. You mentioned Neil Young off the hop a while back. Yeah. First, I mean, Neil Young wasn't having a music video with half naked girls and whatever else. He just throwing money around. (laughs) That's right. He just had songs that uh, that hit you, grabbed you. And there's, I mean, yeah, exactly. you could, you could mention about, well, I, a bunch come to mind, but you could probably mention a handful of people from that time era or maybe even yeah. the majority of them from that era where that's what it was about. That was, they had really cool sound and uh, cool uh, voices and twangs to their, the, the way they sang that wasn't computer generated.
0: Well, that's the thing these days is everyone's like, people have no idea the kind of work that goes behind like a lot of these songs like like people think auto-tune is only when you can hear it go kind of you know like crazy noises but uh, like they're so good at auto-tune and like compressing and pushing your vocals forward and stuff like that now that like you would hear something they'll hit a note and it doesn't sound auto of tune but they're like pitch shifting that note and everything like people don't realize the trickery that goes into like these you know big production you know high high money production music which is it is what it is but it's kind of hilarious that people don't realize that they just think oh they, they that's how they sing and you're like well they do kind of but I don't know, but that being said, there's like a lot of there's still a lot of modern musicians I really like that you know are doing incredible work. It's just um, it's kind of harder to find them in a weird way.
1: Who's who's the modern musicians that you that you enjoy?
0: Um, well, I, I love a guy named Father John Misty. Do you know him?
1: I certainly don't, but I'm going to certainly look him up after we get done.
0: He's a really cool guy um do you know Coulter wall
1: oh yeah Coulter wall is so my good. jam that kid
0: uh, is off the hook eh?
1: uh it's it's it, the first time i got shown a video of him earl um i was sitting out at work uh, with the boys out uh, north of north battleford and they said they were playing a song and i'm like oh this is this is pretty good Sick. like who is, like who is this is this uh Johnny Cash or somebody like that. And they're like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, you haven't you haven't so. heard of Yeah, you haven't heard of Coulter Wall? And I'm like, uh, no, who's that? He's Brad Wall's kid. I'm like, okay. So then they're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll pull up a video and, and you watch this. I'm like, okay. So pull up the video and it's him playing the guitar and I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden he starts singing and your like mouth like hits the floor because you're like, How is that guy singing like that?
0: I know. It's he's like a twenty one year old skinny kid. You're like,
1: oh. and and can just and sounds almost identical to Johnny Cash. That that's the the comparison I think most people give him.
0: Yeah, just an incredibly colorful voice, you know, um, and his songwriting is the best too. Like it's insane. Like he's he must love people. Like, do you know who Towns Van Sant is? Yeah, I do actually. You know, like I, that must be one of the people in the forefront of his mind. You know, is these amazing musicians, like kind of cowboy songwriters, you know, it's more like a sitting around the fire on the range with the horses than it is like modern country. You know, it's kind of that cowboy <laughs> traveling. It's, it's,
1: it's, a, it's a throwback is what it is, because yeah. I mean, like the yeah. modern, the modern country is almost poppy,
0: right? Oh, like yeah, it, it almost,
1: it almost sounds like it's a pop song where what he's doing you know I, I sometimes wonder if he'll be become a global superstar or not because what he's doing is um
0: so unique kind of unique yeah, yeah. And,
1: and like i just can't see everybody being like wow i love going back to the like there's people that enjoy that type of music now there's a lot of people yeah. that enjoy that type of music
2: but if yeah uh,
1: you know when was the last time you had somebody of his talent that style of music go mainstream
0: i just yeah yeah it's kind of weird um do you know sturgill simpson uh sturgill simpson uh he's like a country singer a modern he's pretty cool i think yeah chris stapleton's has got a hell of a voice
1: yeah chris stapleton's got a
0: hell of a voice um Uh, there's a kid i've been listening to lately evan barlow he's really cool but he's more of like almost like a, like a rapper in a way i wouldn't he's pretty variety almost like r&b bit of rap and almost a bit of like but he's a hell of he's he's really impressed me lately i've been listening to him um then i like yeah more some r&b kind of stuff like frank ocean do you know him at all
1: can't say I know for um, You're gonna yeah. give me. You, you know what I'm gonna do today when I go to work. I'm gonna have uh, like ten different people. I'm gonna have to throw on the playlist, and and uh, I love listening to new music. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
2: for you sure. Never know,
1: never know what you're gonna you're gonna find.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I have a really wide variety of music I like. So I might say someone that someone would like, and then someone else that they definitely wouldn't but that's, I don't really look at music in a genre for, uh, in genres more than I, it's like, who's, you can hear it in their voice. If there's something of substance, you know, and there's the song, it, the words hit you, they don't just fall off the side. Like they don't mean anything. They like hit you. And like, you get a strong get imagery or a it. real yeah. impact from it. Yeah. So whenever I, that happens, that happens to me. It doesn't matter what genre like or anything it's just either it happens or it doesn't well what it
1: reminds me of is a shout out to skinny's uh tattoo parlor in town uh i only have one tattoo and when i got my first tattoo he uh said well we're gonna listen some music since it's your first tattoo why don't you pick the first song and so i picked uh neil young harvest moon and from there nice. we just went on this like journey of music and stuff i'd never heard that he introduced me to but all over the map and then yeah. uh stuff that I liked and that's what's lovely about music I think is people shouldn't get stuck into one genre right if you like rap that's cool right there's some good rap songs yeah. out there there's nothing against it and but at the same time if you go to the throwbacks man there's some some great uh we just at a buddy's house buddy's house down south um and we were listening to a little Ccr and it like that's oh yeah but I can flip over right away over to a little M&M or something right uh, just to bounce all the Sure, over why, that, not? Right? Yeah. why not right why not It's all about like I said. It comes,
0: yeah. It comes down to who's there's the spirit behind the music, and that's what matters. Like sometimes you can, you know, with some of those cookie cutter songs, I can almost instead of getting an image of whatever their story is, I get an image of four songwriters in a studio room trying to crap out another song just for the sake of doing it. You know, there's not really that much emotion behind it. You know, um,
1: the, 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 my wife makes fun of me all the time, Earl, because uh, I hardly ever listen to the words. I love the, the sound of, of the music, so the, the beat you give me, and yeah. the voice. Those two things. Half yeah. the time, they can sing about whatever. It could be walking your yeah. dog, for all I care. and yeah. uh, Just the, uh, the personality or the, the, the effort that goes into music. I always think of Sam Roberts when he came to Lloyd and he was yeah yeah i remember that he was unbelievable
0: yeah i remember that that was cool
1: but i don't know truthfully i still don't know what the heck he was singing about at the time and i don't know if i really cared just the, the way he sang and the way he performed was unbelievable
0: well and like you said it like for me it doesn't really matter you know it's the full package like there's there's times that i like you know it it just literally doesn't matter, like either the words will catch me, the melody will you know something about it, but it's just a matter of it catching you or not, you know, so I feel that sentiment too. It's not always the words, you know, but yet some for me it's sometimes it is a words, I don't know, true, but true, sometimes but it's it gotta be that whole that whole kind of package is that you know like when you listen to. Colter Wall there. Everything about it is just like thumbs up, you know what I mean? Like the voice, the lyrics are cool as hell, you know. It's got this kind of badass vibe to it, kind of like, you know, super cool. It's kind of, you know, and I love something like the blues too for that reason, you know. It's simple but you know, the voices are incredible. The you know, it's just the color in it is amazing, you know. So
1: in your travels, you know, it's been 12 years since Canadian Idol. Where, you, you mentioned Toronto. I, I think you mentioned Vancouver. You've kind of been all over the place. Have you been singing ever since then, then, for the last 12 years you've been performing?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, So I lived in Toronto. I lived in Vancouver. My uh, friend uh, owns a hostel in Hawaii, in Paia. So, um, I, I've been there four different times throughout the winter and stayed there for three months at a time and I'd play there. I'd perform there. Um, Calgary is where I am now and I've been there for like three, four years and been playing pretty regular there.
1: Are you just performing and that's how you make a living or are you working a full-time job or what do you do to make ends
0: meet? Um, kind of a jack of all trades to some degree. Like, um, on, I, I'll work with my friend Adam painting houses in Lloyd. sometimes. I, uh, I, uh, built, I built, uh, a hemp house with, you know, Mark Faber.
1: No the name, can't think of the face right
2: now.
0: Well, he like he's big into this company called Just Biofiber and I went out to uh, soup BC with them for 3 months and built this house out of hemp. It was really cool.
1: Built a um, house out of hemp?
0: Yeah, it's like they're uh they're like they look like Lego blocks basically, like yeah. the kind of eight pegged Lego blocks and you lay them like bricks. But you like yeah, you lay them like bricks and they kind of click in. And then you like plaster you plaster them and fill like there's this kind of fibery kind of goop that you put in between them to like seal them and then you like plaster them and and you can stucco it on the outside or whatever and uh, yeah they're really really cool it's a really cool idea um it's it's an amazing idea and just as productive and like as cheap as doing a normal traditional house it's just the problem is like trying to trying to get that idea across to people and get that sort of concept into the zeitgeist of of building you know because people are because they're putting their money into it they don't want anything to go wrong so the people are pretty have the tendency to follow tradition when it comes to that kind of thing because makes it easier to sell blah 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 but the reality is it's a great building um proper it's a great way to build and it just needs to be kind of massaged into society a little more before it might take wave
1: so you build the walls with hemp is it supposed to be just strong sturdy both
0: uh cost it's yeah it's there's it's like has insane, um, like insulating quality. Yeah. Like, it's also fireproof. Um, uh, it, um, super good for sound. It's like soundproof too because they're like this thick. Um, it, uh, it's good for like, and it, like, it also cures over time so it produces like oxygen and like it absorbs co2 out of the air and produces oxygen and um it's really and it's uh, yeah because it's curing like the hemp's curing yeah, so yeah, yeah. it like it like absorbs uh co2 from the air and then and then and it takes like 50 years to cure or something like that and it's like i said it's fireproof too so um and uh and it's also like fast too, because you, you know, you're skipping so many steps. There's like little cavities in them. So you can run your wire through those. Then you just like drill a little, like with a router or whatever you drill, like, you know, and then, and uh, so you put the bricks down and then basically you plaster the inside and stucco the outside. And then you're pretty well done instead of, you know, Putting framing the wall, the insulation, the vapor barrier, the drywall, the painting, you know, like the vinyl on the outside, <laughs> the plywood, you know. So it's pretty cool.
1: So since essentially what I'm getting at here, well, not getting at, I mean, we're having lessons 101 with Earl on building hoses But since 2008, you've been experiencing life. Is what I'm,
0: what I uh, hear. Uh, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I Where think that's safe to say
1: where you know i don't
0: in, have i don't have a million bucks yet but
1: hey man i i don't have a million bucks yet either so we're in the same boat there and i don't know what i'd do if i got a million dollars probably the same thing i'm doing right now so yeah i just probably look a little i probably have a front tooth maybe that's probably everybody would probably uh, be happy because i'd have a full smile but i kind of like the hockey,
0: <laughs> you know it's funny goon look.
1: every every uh Nine out of ten people are like, man, it's just you. And then there's always the tenth person who's like, You really need to get a you really need to get some teeth. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's you. I I guess yeah, I Yeah, yeah. I awesome like me, it right? personally, but <laughs> what uh where's the you know, stick with music. Where has been the coolest place or the one performance that you look back since Canadian I know, so over the last twelve years where you're playing in wherever and you're just like man that was a lot of fun
0: that was so fun yeah um i would say the festivals have been the funnest for me like it's fun because i have a lot of friends in the electronic music festival scene so and i love the energy there it's like young youthful excited ready to rock kind of vibes you know um like there's been a couple really fun ones like uh baron do you know baron faber once again he graduated I same years years me it, once but again, he's I know, uh, the, I know the last yeah, name
1: and i can't put a yeah
0: it. um well he's he lives in calgary too and he started this company called base bus and it's kind of like a like a event coordinating business and he, he also like gets involved he throws a huge festival in calgary every year called uh circle and i've played that a few times that's been a blast you know it, that's been a hell of a time um then uh like there's this one wicked woods it's called wicked woods and i play that um and where's that most out of? years that's in uh radium hot springs oh okay and that's been really those have been really fun um Uh, what else? I would say those festivals are have been the where I've got the most. I've had a lot of fun, and I'd love to keep doing more and more of those. Um, I'm I'm playing. Uh, I was supposed to play the the Summer Games there in Lloyd, closing ceremonies or whatever this year, but because of Corona or whatever, I'll do it. Be doing it next year there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Do you, do you ever think about recording a new album and and anything along that
0: lines? Or absolutely. I um, well, like I said, it's always been kind of a money issue for me. Um, but uh, another place that's been a lot of fun to play is a place called the Blues Can in Calgary. Okay. And I play there with my band. Like all my bandmates are really good musicians. Um, so that's been really fun. Um. The one day I was playing there, and this this guy named Steve Gerard, a really cool dude, he's recorded a lot of people that are on CKUA and stuff. Um, he just was watching us, and he said, like, just before I left, we had had a few recording sessions with him. Um, yeah, he wants to record, like, a high-quality demo at least um, here. So when I get back, we'll probably be doing that. And he's not charging me anything, so <laughs> it's pretty nice of him. He just was excited, you know. That's what you need is someone who believes in you and thinks they can, you know. And if it was a great success, something like that, well, then, you know, then the payoff would be then, you know. But someone needs to believe you, believe in you in that degree, you know, because it's.
1: I think, it's, <laughs> I think with that right there, the uh, what that is transferable across anything. In order yeah. to be successful at a, whether you're a musician or a hockey player, yeah. you have to have somebody who believes in you. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's a powerful thing to have someone's belief in what you do. It, it, uh, that can motivate you pretty, pretty good and it can open up some doors and it can give you almost wings to go after it.
0: Absolutely. It also kind of, you know, gets all the ugliness out of the environment you know because if you're always thinking about oh i better do this this try because there's money on the table well how authentic you know it could work but sometimes that just takes away from the kind of ideally you want like a an energy like a fun at either whatever atmosphere you want to create you want to create that not being like worried about money in the head you know you want there to be some like Body energy and what's happening. You know, and with him kind of just saying, give it a shot, you know, gives you the freedom to, you know, try, you know, like obviously you want to work smart and not waste people's time. But yet, you know, it doesn't, all of a sudden it's not about just about money or something like that. So that's a nice feeling. Um, And I, I always, I record with my friend Rich at in lloyd quite a bit like i have a band camp it's called earl stevenson earl stevenson at bandcamp.com and i have music on that well, so can, well the listeners well, could go check that out if they abs- want. absolutely i was gonna
1: say if there's a way for people to find you and find new music of you or help support what you're doing how would they yeah how would they do that
0: like i said i would say earl stevenson at bandcamp.com is the best um and I put po- lately, I've been posting a lot of music on Facebook, like, you know, just sort of because I haven't been able to perform and stuff. And it seems like the way people are getting their music out there to some degree nowadays. So,
1: well, you're on the same playing field pretty much as everyone right now, because everybody's stuck at home, right? So even yeah. the people with all the money in the world, um, I mean, somewhat, are stuck where they can't perform in front of large crowds. They can't do any of that. So they're yeah, stuck yeah. trying to figure this out too. And they, I, I think yeah, it's yeah. interesting to watch everybody try and figure it out because that's what mm-hmm. the most successful in any industry right now are all trying to do. Cause they, they just can't do what worked for them before. Right. Like they're, they're yeah, sitting home going like, so now what do I do?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I It's it's, like I said, I hope it's not like this forever.
1: (laughs) I can't see it being like this forever. I I think uh, you're already starting to see the world try and pull itself out of this because we all know we can't stay like this forever. It's, it's insane. People people need to be out and moving and interacting. And if, you know, businesses need to have their doors open, otherwise they're all going to be closed and pretty soon we're all going to rely on the government to hand out whatever they can. And that only can yeah. for so long and geez, you go down that rabbit hole too far.
0: Yeah, I know, eh? Um, yeah, it's been quite the experience for all of us, I would say.
1: Absolutely. So what what is next here? Before I get on to the final segment, what is next then? You come you're trying to get home and once you're home, uh it's back to, to hopefully doing a little bit of music again?
0: Yeah, that's the plan. Like I said, I'm um my main prerogative is you know getting back with steve gerard there and my band and try to get you know whatever we can hopefully 12 songs kind of that we're happy with recorded and then and then you know a lot can open up for you after that um and plus my friend conrad wants to do a, a music video too so I'd like to at least get one song I'm ecstatic about and then maybe make a music video too. So
1: cool. Well, that's kind
0: of, that's the plan there mainly.
1: You make sure when you uh, create whatever song you got, I'd love to, I'd love to promote it for you or toss it on here. Cause I'd love to enter to Mr. Earl Stevenson, breaking it down for me. I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be fun.
1: Okay, well, let's go into the final segment, the Crude Master Final Five. Uh, it's just five questions, long or short as you like. Uh, shout out to Heath and Tracy McDonald, sponsors of the and supporters of the podcast since uh, day one. So the first one is, if you could sit down with a beverage with anyone, current or past, who would you want to sit down with and pick their brain?
0: Um, hmm. I think I'd like to have. Uh, you still there? I'm <laughs> no, there still here. <laughs> I think I'd like to have a White Russian with uh, Nikola Tesla.
1: <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. I like your drink choice too. I tell you what, when <laughs> you yeah. come back here, we're going to be in the podcast room. We're going to have some White Russians.
0: That that is a promise. <laughs> that sounds good. Right on.
1: <laughs> Tesla. Yeah, yeah. That'd be an interesting conversation
0: because he's a bizarre dude like he you know he i don't know like became a recluse and like basically lived in a new york hotel for the last 40 years by himself and didn't really have much money and his best friend was a pigeon and yet meanwhile (laughs) you know and meanwhile he 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 thinks that aliens are talking to him and and that all being said this sounds like the diary of a madman but yet he was one of the most innovative thinkers that ever existed so you're like well what's going on there dude absolutely
1: do you do you read it all then earl are you a guy who picks up lots of books or well
0: i listen to a lot of audio books oh yeah Um, Um, yeah like i like a lot of i'm more into like philosophy and things like that than like you know than fiction or whatever
1: so what is the you wouldn't catch me
0: reading a fiction book generally but
1: So what is the book you're reading right now then, or listening to?
0: Um, well, I like a lot of like, I like, do you know who Eckhart Tolle is?
1: I know the name. What's his books?
0: Like the power now and a new earth and stuff. It's just basically, it's a modern approach to, to sort of Buddhism and Taoism and sort of mind mindfulness or, you know, like, kind of saying all you have is the present moment you know don't be possessed by your mind type that kind of philosophy it's nothing new but he breaks it down in a very intellectual very clear-cut very comprehensible way which i really appreciate he's a very cool dude um then i like weird stuff like carlos castaneda who's like he's like a he was a anthropologist who who um They were supposed to write about, like, sort of, I don't remember exactly, but he was going down to, he was from San Diego or something. He was going down to Mexico. And he would, he said that he met this guy named Don Juan. And he was like this, like, medicine man from Mexico. And he taught him all these crazy things. And he would do peyote with them and do all this crazy stuff. And, you know, like, (laughs) it really bizarre out there stuff, like, like everything almost to the point that it's just kind of it's wild but it's really cool and you know it turned out that he was a little nutty and maybe it's a little there's a bit of like dark wizardry in there but it's kind of entertaining it's fun you know anything that's kind of kind of not what the eye can see something beyond our perception you know I'm pretty into that kind of thing
1: if you could open for one band or performer, who would you like to sit in front of and, and, and break it down for? Hmm.
0: Like, and they have to be alive or dead or does it matter? Oh no, it could be anyone. I'll give you anyone. Sure. Um, hmm. well, I guess, you know, I'd like to open for someone like Coulter wall, you know, just cause, it'd be fun to have a comrade i could say some epic legend from beyond the grave but maybe it'd be nice to have a a comrade in someone like that that which is cool because he's a saskatchewan kid you know come from the same sort of world be fun to make friends with some guy like that
1: that'd be a cool concert too yeah (laughs) if you could perform in one place where would you go
0: um oh another musician I really like too is Lucas Nelson. It's Willie Nelson's son. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, he's super cool. He's really good at guitar too. He sounds like his dad, but it's got a little more of a surf rock to it. Um I seen him perform in Charlie's Bar in Paia in Hawaii, which is yeah. really cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um it was it was wild because I watched Neil Young perform there too. And it's only a bar the size of, like, OJ's You watched Neil you know?
1: Young perform there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'll tell you a wild story. So I watched Neil Young that night perform in a bar about the size of OJ's and Lloyd. And then the next day, like, my friend, the owner of the hostel, said that he managed to get backstage. And he heard, overheard the manager say, say, saying they're staying at Mama's Fish House. It was, it's, like, three kilometers down the road. So the next morning, I skateboarded to Mama's Fish House, hid my skateboard in the bushes, and to get into the resort, you have to sneak through the kitchen. And I snuck through the kitchen, and then I got to this top of this hill, and there was, there was only two people on the beach, and it was Neil Young and Daryl Hannah.
1: No kidding. Did you go to yeah, and
0: Oh, yeah, man. I, I was like, my heart was just like, and then I went. And I walked down the beach pretending not to see him. And they were just sitting there. And then when I got to them, I was like, hey, Neil. And he looked up, over and I shook his hand. And then I sat there with him for about 10 minutes.
1: And what did you ask him about?
0: I just told him I was from the prairies like him. And I'm a huge fan. And, you know, like, you know, just sort of, you had a good show last night. I didn't get through the door, but we watched it through the screen kind of thing. And told him I'm a musician too. And. You know, just a little bit of, I just, and, and I, I didn't want to overstay my welcome, obviously. And I didn't want to ask for a photo or anything. I just thought it was nice. It was a fun experience. That's all I was asking for, just to have the, but it was wild, man. I was sitting, here's him, me, just sitting there, like no one around. Like that's insane.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And here's one of my heroes, too. So it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hawaii has a certain magic to it, like that. Um, yeah.
1: So if you. Maybe could,
0: like like the Gran Opry or something in Nashville would be pretty cool.
1: That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> would you go back? My, my next question is if you could go back and see one performance, who would you go see? Would you go back and see Neil Young then?
0: No, nah, I think I'd have to go see Hendrix.
1: Ooh. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Because he was just like, it was like he was being possessed or something when he was up there, you know. And it's funny because he was kind of a, like, kind of a timid, shy guy in many ways. And then you, he gets up on stage and it's just like,
2: Coming is he up. being
0: possessed, like, by a voodoo doctor right now? Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is sick, you know.
1: In your travels, you've been all over the place. Where when you finally get back to Canada and things go back to somewhat normal, where will you be off to next? Where's your next bucket list trip? Where do you want to go?
0: Um I could I would like to eventually go I think South America would be pretty cool. Um yeah, like I don't know, Columbia might be pretty cool to check out, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's an interesting choice.
0: Yeah. It looks really beautiful. And the girls are pretty cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On a side note, what have you been drinking the entire time? What type of beer? I see the snuff. Uh,
0: this is a San Miguel. A San Miguel.
1: Yeah. yeah, that looks rather tasty.
0: Oh yeah. Unfortunately, beer isn't as cheap as I'd like it to be out here, but well what's what what's a beer cost out there? Well, they're all nice and cold, and they're. But you only can only buy singles here. You don't buy them in cases. So what's a single? Um, worth? It's worth about two fifty. Canadian, American. Yeah. Canadian, Canadian yeah. Two is still not that terrible of a deal. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, maybe two eighty, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's not too bad. But in Cambodia, they're like fifty cents.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could have stayed, which
0: there was pretty all, all sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of planning on going back there, like, I was kind of only planning on coming here for a couple of weeks and then maybe going back there for a little bit. But,
1: well, cool. Well, I appreciate you hopping on with me, uh, and and talking a little bit about your career, talking about being over in Indonesia and uh, what life is, you know, where you're at in life. And I think it's super cool, uh, conversation we just had, like, uh, on two absolutely, fun. The world, like. Next time you're back in Lloyd, you make sure to drop me a line. I'll show you the studio and we'll have you in and, and do another uh, BS sesh.
0: Sounds fun. Hey, do you want me to play a song for you before I go?
1: Oh, frig, yeah. You're gonna, you'll be the – hey, you're episode like 93. You're the first person to ever sing on here or do a Steve Urkel <laughs> impression,
0: so fire away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right on. Okay, this is a new one I wrote actually probably a couple weeks ago. It's called Where It All Goes.
2: Show me your heart and I won't let go. I love it when we're dancing, when we make love slow. Tell a tale about a life worth making. Sing a song about a chance worth taking. Where it all goes, nobody knows. We got a big old world to keep us on our toes Where it all goes, we ain't got nothing to hide There's a walking down the road to the other side Show me all the things that drive you wild You got me giddy darling, like a newborn child it's a gamble, baby, over we on the road. Like a warm Sunday, I got you in my soul. Where it all goes, nobody knows. We got a big old world to keep us on our toes. Where it all goes, we ain't got nothing to hide. There's a walking down the road to the other side. We can paint a picture like a love so real. Every shade and color, how it makes you feel. Grab the brush, baby, and lose control. When you put a heart around it and you make it whole. Baby, it all cool. Nobody knows. We got a big old world to keep us on our toes. Baby, don't go. Cool. We ain't got nothing to hide. There's a walking down the road to the other side. There's a walking down the road to the other side
0: did it cut out
1: no man that was super cool
0: (laughs) right on the video the video
1: showed off for a quick sec but that was super cool
0: cool dude yeah thanks again for having me on that was a blast first yeah man i cherry.
1: I tell you what, that's one way to end a podcast right there.
0: <laughs> right on, buddy.
1: Thanks again. Thanks, Sean. Hey, folks, thanks again for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show and like what you hear, please click subscribe. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, a new guest will be sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you find your podcast fix. Until next time. Hey folks, you're uh, hanging out waiting for a teaser, are you? Well, if you are new and you've never heard this, essentially we're having a little fun here, a little social media game. So we're marching towards episode 100, and I'm allowing, uh, I'm throwing out little teasers here at the end uh, to try and, you know, generate some interest of who is 100. So if you have a guest, a guest, if you have a guest, Go on to social media, tag the podcast, and the hashtag Who's 100, W-H-O-S, the number 100, with your guest. And you'll be entered into a draw that has a round of golf for four people and two carts at Sandy Beach, so a huge shout-out to Sandy Beach Golf Course and Park, and a $200 gift card to Factory Sports, and a huge shout-out to the boys over at Factory Sports for uh, helping out with this little, this little game. Uh, as we're trying to have a little bit of fun. So your clue for today was, or is, he was at the 2010 Winter Olympics. So once again, head over to social media, put out your guests, tag the podcast, hashtag Who's 100. For each post, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, or just head to the website and email me your guests. People have been doing that. And you'll get an entry into this draw. All right, we'll uh, announce the winner at the end of episode 100, all right? A little bit of fun, all right? Enjoy the day, folks. We'll see you next time.